Chris. How you been? Uh, I'm good, thank you, mate. Um, I'm doing good, actually. Um, well, it's been two weeks since the uh, since the climb, so I feel I'm finally back to 100%. Um, it took me a lot longer than I thought. That was me mm. thinking I could do, uh, I could go and teach classes on Monday morning. No chance. Not even next yeah, that, Monday morning. That like was that. a brave option. That, that was, yeah, very naive of me. I'm not sure what I was thinking. I, I originally thought you had, uh, managed to t- get a few days off over Monday, Tuesday, just to, to relax and recover. You know, the, the truth body. is, I probably discussed that with you and thought, let's make a note. I'll get that class covered. And then <laughs> I forgot. And then by the yeah. time it got too late to change, I was like, I'll be fine. Just convincing myself when really I couldn't walk. <laughs> mm. More I couldn't talk. That. I couldn't talk. Like my body was fine. It was. It just. I just felt drunk. Like I just felt like I'd been on two red eye flights back to back, and then someone had asked me to do like a maths test. I was like, it just didn't work. Well, I, I remember messaging you about three or four days later, and that was the first thing you said. I'm just not all with it. And whenever I tried to pride, so I oh, like, how do you feel? Like what kind of recovery you, you, you're doing? Or it seemed like your body recovered pretty quickly, but yeah. mentally. You were still just not in a hole, but I think you expected yourself to be back fully 100% mm. much quicker than you did. Uh, mm-hmm. And because your body seemed to recover really quite well, you were then surprised. It's like, how come I'm being so slow mentally? Yeah, something I completely um, took for granted just how much these things take out of your sort of like mental kind of I always believe we have like sort of like a hundred you know we have a hundred percent at the beginning of the day and they slowly like break down as you expend kind of things and I was just starting from what felt like 10 percent I was having to really be careful how many questions I answered you know things like that how many like sudokus I was like you're wasting valuable points here um but we're back to square one I feel good I feel really good I feel really good um there's also been a lot of like I wouldn't call it anxiety but a lot of you know bit of nerves, bit of nervous um, excitement with putting the video out there and things. Um, so that's taken up a lot of like energy and emotion as well. So this is the first kind of time I'm really sitting back, taking time to reflect a little bit on the whole thing. Because um, I still haven't really done that. You know, I, 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 it's been such a, like, I've got to do this and then this and then this and then they keep the momentum. I haven't actually chance to sort of slow down. And I feel during it, looking back, you know, what does this mean to me? You know, all those kind of questions we ask ourselves. Why did I do it? No. Um, well, I, I think it would be good that, you know, if you keep reflecting over the next few weeks, your perspective of how it all went one week after is going to be different to your perspective of how it went four weeks after, just because you feel different. Um, so it would be good to, like, get an overall reflection of how your reflection has actually changed mm. since, finishing the, since finishing the climb. Yeah, you always need, like, short-term thoughts and long-term thoughts. Mm. You know, I, I think you need to describe what you did. <clears throat> describe what I did. Yeah. All right. So I climbed the vertical height from sea level to the stratosphere up my parents' staircase at home. So let me give you some numbers here. The stratosphere is widely considered to be 10 kilometers high vertically. So you start at sea level, you find a gun in the sky, 10 kilometers up. That's where the stratosphere, like the layer starts. So I was like, okay, cool. So it's 10K. So now I had to work out how many flights of stairs that would be 
to sort of hit my head on the stratosphere? And the answer is that my stairs here at home, it's my parents' house, so the stairs down here, they're 2.6 meters. Okay, so from the sort of landing to landing, that's 2.6 meters. And um, the math tells us that I needed to climb the stairs 3,846 times in order to do sea level to the stratosphere. So that was the brief. Um, now, we had to put ourselves under a little pressure here. So we decided 48 hours was kind of what I was looking at. And this decision was made based upon other people that had done Everest, um, other people that had done Snowden and Kilimanjaro. I mean, during this period, everyone's climbed everything. And, but I hadn't seen anyone climb the stratosphere in this kind of time frame. So 48 hours was what we went with. And I managed to complete this particular challenge in 46 hours and 30 minutes. So mission success. That's it. That's what I, uh, two weeks ago. It's really impressive. Like it was really quite an impressive feat. I mean, I, I think people uh, would initially think, oh, you're just climbing stairs until they actually go into depth as what you actually did, like how you broke it down, like how many flights of stairs you're going to have to climb. And yeah. the fact that you have to come back down the stairs to then go back up. So you're yeah. kind of covering double the distance, half of that being downstairs. Um, it really is, it really is quite impressive. And it's a nice way to like have a look at what everyone else is doing. Oh, you went to Everest. Hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, you know, they were the inspiration. It's, it's, uh, it's not to take anything away from them, you know, um, just like in particular, there's this fella called Ed Jackson who, um, I think, forgive me about like the terminology, but I think he was quadriplegic. So, or is quadriplegic. I'm not sure quite how it works, but he's lost all like, he lost all feeling in all four limbs or something. And anyway, it's been an incredible story. He's like recovered, uh, just the most amazing recovery I've seen someone from that kind of serious of injury. And clearly it's because he's very, very hardworking and disciplined. Anyway, this guy decided to try and climb Everest. Quadriplegic. You know, not personal trainer, not guy that does this shit for a living, like quadruple in four days. And I thought, like, I've got to kind of work out roughly in my head, like, how extraordinary that was, and then try and work backwards. And I'd seen a couple of other people have done Everest in three days. And I was like, you know, I reckon I can do just, just something a little bit quicker. So that was it. Yeah. But um, they were a big inspiration. I don't want to take anyone away from them. I don't, that wasn't me going, fucking Everest, is that it? Stratosphere, <laughs> let's go. You know, it wasn't that at all. At all. But I, I think it's human nature to see what everyone else has done and then just think, oh, could I actually go just that one bit further? And that probably provided a lot of the determination for your, for your climb or creating the challenge anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, you were very helpful for this whole thing. Like, uh, as you sort of mentioned earlier, you know, when people actually break it down, how much planning went into this, you know, looking back, I, I kind of realized there was a lot of planning. To me, it was all very quick. Yes, we only had, I think in the end, did we have 13 days? Um, no, we actually had nine days worth of training. We had nine days. There you go. Nine, days, nine worth days worth of training. And I would say that I probably started sending a few emails out about 13 days before that first climb. Mm. Um, so what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, like so many people helped me solve a lot of problems that all ultimately led to this challenge, like 
being a success. And perhaps like in terms of what you mentioned, in terms of when people actually think about what you're doing, perhaps you were the first one to really like grab a hold of me and be like, I don't, I, I don't think you ever thought you don't understand, but I did think that you were thinking, I know you're a good athlete. I know you can run marathons, but we need to get really specific here as to what this challenge involves for you physically. You know, we accepted there'll be a mental part of it that I just have to figure out, but physically you tried to give me every kind of exercise, uh, piece of information or like some kind of, uh, some kind of, you were trying to illuminate a lot of things that perhaps were in the shadows to me. And I just thought well, it was just climbing stairs. So, you were integral in, in helping this thing go down, brother. So I'm very, very grateful. Um, uh, maybe, no we, maybe we should talk about what you did, what we did kind of come up with, like what you brought to this whole thing. Yeah. Well, it's quite funny how the challenge came about, isn't it? Because you were doing that, that marathon in your garden, which then yeah. turned out to be a double marathon. And we were chatting as you were going through that. And then when you completed, when you completed that, that obviously just made you want to try and achieve more, which is, which is awesome. You're thinking about new challenges and that's where this, you know, climb to the stratosphere came about. So yeah. as we were chatting during that initial marathon, you then gave me a shout and said, okay, here, we've got a brand new challenge. What should we, this is where, this is where the listeners need to know why I called you. So quickly okay. give me like, why would I call you for this challenge? Sell it, go. <laughs> okay, so, well, okay, so I am a senior lecturer in strength and conditioning uh, at St. Mary's University, and I've been teaching there for about uh, over 10 years now. Uh, so pretty much, I like to think my areas of research and expertise are around either human performance, or at least trying to understand uh, injury. Uh, in particular, my areas of expertise seem to be around the lower limb, uh, so seeing as the fact that you're just using your legs to climb up and down stairs, uh, I felt that I could probably help a little bit um, when it comes to sort of training certain movements or developing certain physical qualities that enable you to achieve this challenge or certainly achieve this challenge within the time limit that you set. Mm. So I guess that's why you, you called. And I think that made a really good team because you're, you're a better athlete than me. No, you're well, good. <laughs> no, feels very good. He's not. I don't, I, he, may, he doesn't do stupid shit like me and climb stairs and run around gardens. But if you look at Phil's Instagram, you're pushing a lot of weight around. You're a regular Spartan athlete and things like that. Please don't be modest here. I'd like I, to think I'm, we're both I'm capable, we're to both be. committed and capable athletes. You know, certainly. But we, we but coming, we, but coming from it in a very different kind of yeah. You've got the coaching training background where I have, I have a more of a scientific background. So us coming together and trying to figure out how ways of trying to achieve certain challenges seemed to be a really good mix. Um, so when you came and spoke to me about climbing the stratosphere, I was like, yes, let's, let's get this involved. So um, we were owning our in at doing it, but you just going back to you saying like you do things quite quickly. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I actually called you about, a long time ago. I called you mm -hmm. like about a week after the marathon and yeah. it was a quick chat. You actually the only person I talked talk to you about it because again, you know, as you just said to everyone, like I thought, I don't, I know, I know I could run for a hundred miles if I needed to, no problem. 
I don't know what happens after 10 hours of climbing stairs. Like, I just don't know. So we were trying to quadruple that. I actually phoned you, think like, am I bananas? Or like, with a bit of training, discipline, you know, hell of a lot of commitment, we could get this done. And you said, it can, do, it can be done. You're like, you, you could do this. Um, it, you're very clear on that. There was no like, oh, well, you know, you've had a couple hip surgeries and how your feet from the marathon. It's like, you could do this. You just got to decide, can you find the time and the energy to do it? And actually, for whatever reason, my work really built up and I just dropped it. I just was like, cool, no problem. Like, and I left it, I believe, three weeks, at least three weeks. And I just start, we know what it's like in life. Really. Like, really, it's like, um, I just knew I'd never live with myself. And it only was interesting to me, the fact we were locked down. So I had this time pressure at the other end of like, prime minister comes out and says, right, lockdown's over. We're back. You know, people's interest changes. My enthusiasm to those kind of things changes. I want to be out the house. And so eventually I was like, we're getting to the end of lockdown. This is pissing me off. I got two weeks here, decide which weekend of those you're going to do it and do it. So then you got a phone call like a month later, like we're back, <laughs> let's go. Um, yeah. So, so you actually, the only one that knew this has been in my head for like seven weeks. Most mm. of the kind of crew that helped me were like, they were a 10 day kind of vibe. But um, I immediately yeah. realized that you were so knowledgeable about, these things in particular, and again, don't be worried, you know, you, as you just said, your research and sort of specialist kind of area is the lower body or hips and knees, I believe, yeah? Yeah, well, actually, my PhD is in walking up and down stairs. Well, there you <laughs> fucking go. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so you were the one that I, and, and I thought, well, this, I mean, both of us, I hope, thought, actually, this is quite, we, we just really enjoyed talking through problem solving. Bill would text me, go, have you thought about this? Have you, coming down, have you thought about that? And, this is why, I and then we were like, we should try and like go through this on a podcast so that if anyone else is like, like a lot of people have very sort of kindly messaged me and said, you know, oh, you know, it's amazing, but how did, you know, how are your feet? Like what happened to your ankles or whatever? And I'm like, maybe we should run through this. Like, cause yeah. people are genuinely, I think, kind of interested. Um, so you know why I called Phil? I, don't ask me why I did the challenge. Like whoever's out there, I don't know. I don't know. We did it. Like, do you know what I mean? I got an idea. We did it. But Phil helped me do it. How I did it and sort of following it, I think we should talk about a little bit. I think we should discuss, like, the actual training, what we figured out, how it went down, and then we can reflect on it a bit afterwards and can sort of chat to it. But I think we've set it up in terms of, like, how it came to be a project involving both of us. Um, why I did it, as I said, I don't know. And then it's been done yeah so so <laughs> it's I mean, complete i guess i guess why people are really interested in like how did you prepare for it is one it's a challenge that no one's ever done before so all of a sudden they think okay yeah, you're, you're pushing the limit of human performance because you know humans done that yet so how did you prepare for it and on top of that i think the people that know you best probably know wait a minute you only prepared for like this for like 10 11 days or, you know, so all of a sudden you've got a certain number of constraints placed upon you. So you've got the fact that you're walking up and downstairs a lot. You've also got the fact that you've got to do it within a certain time. You've also got the fact that uh, you've only got a minimal time, amount of time to prepare. So probably like a week and a half. So then all of a sudden 
it's how do we take into account you as an athlete, the research that's out there that we currently know, and making our best judgments because nothing's ever perfect. You're, you know, there's so many factors involved. We need to know which ones we're going to uh, take into account, which ones to ignore. That's how you develop the, the, the training program. So what we liked about the idea of this podcast is just to show people how we made decisions. There's so many different things we need to take into account. How did we make decisions to then create a training program leading to this challenge? So, yeah, from that, it was just about, okay, what's important? Because there's so many, so many things that are important. We needed to almost like rank them and then just focus on the key things we thought would be necessary to develop the physical qualities that would enable you to achieve this task. Mm. So where do we start? There was, there was quite a few to, to, to narrow well, it down to. Well, I think the two, well, first of all, we had to get my body used to climbing stairs. You know, like there's, it's like, you want, you want to run a good math. You've got to spend time on your feet. You've got to go running. So I knew quickly that I would just have to commit to sort of little mini climbs just to sort of, and again, I don't underestimate how important it was to do those less from a physical point of view and more from like a mental and sort of a critical point of view, because we problem solved a lot. Like nothing, as we said, was like, well, this is going to happen. So that's taken care of. It was like, you know, I quickly realized like coming down, turning at the top of stairs, like my foot placement on the step, my hands, you know, <clears throat> those of you who watched the video, you know, that like my neck really hurt because I neglected to think about, you know, staying upright, everything was very curved. And so there was the part of just climbing and you kind of broke it down. We got uh, incrementally greater lengths of time on the stairs but then in between that there were a lot of hip sort of strengthening and mobility exercises that we did on the off days even in nine days we thought it was worthwhile really trying to give those hips as much love as possible yeah and you know what um we can talk about this in the reflections but maybe that was the reason uh why my hips and my knees were actually fine and it was the other things that perhaps uh, they're not going to matter that ended up giving me more grief throughout the challenge. So, I mean, how did you come, how did you put together this program for me? I mean, what was your thinking? I said nine days, we climb on the sort of Friday night. What's, how did you look at this? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of split it into two sections. So the best way to get better at walking up and down stairs is to walk up and down stairs probably a lot. So, what we wanted to do is use that to one develop the physical qualities necessary to do it because you're actually doing the action that you'll be doing, but also set the stage of how to make sure that you're pacing throughout the, um, how many, how long did you do it again? It was like 40 hours, 42 hours, 46 hours, 46 and 30 hours. like 30 minutes on the zero. Like I, I have a problem with 0. 0.27. <laughs> I was like four thirty. Yeah. <laughs> So in order for us to, to do this, because you, although you walk up and down stairs every day, you haven't really done it over and over again for a solid hour. So we need to slowly add that stimulus so your body can adjust to it. Mm. And how we did that, we, you know, our first day, wasn't it? It was just an hour of walking up and down stairs. Yeah. Make sure we knew how you reacted to that. 
and then we the next day we then I think we did two hours straight, and then we had the day off. <coughs> we back to two and three. Yeah, we did one, two gap. Yeah, three gap, three gap, four, five yeah. clients, right? So one, two, three, three. I can't remember. Well, Nine, yeah, we did five. We did five. The the principle behind it was we're just slowly adding in stress. So not only you're getting used to the stress, but you're getting used to the volume of stress. So if we increase that really quickly, there was the chance that your body's just not necessarily um, used to it or doesn't have the physical qualities to do that over and over again. I'd say the capacity to do it over and over again. So the chance of you getting some horrible niggly injury because of it is much higher. So slowly introduce that. And it wasn't like we're trying to achieve like, okay, you're doing this mammoth climb. So we need to get X amount worth of steps or X amount worth of hours climbing beforehand um, because no one's ever really done it before. The idea was we would just try to prepare you enough in the amount of time that we had so that you would have the capacity just to go for one big blow up when doing the challenge. Yeah. So not only with this, um, actually let's think of it, the physical qualities and sample. You said, especially for the first few days, like you'd finish and you'd feel shaky, wouldn't you? Like the quads yeah. just felt a bit jittery. Mm -hmm. So clearly your body was just getting used to the fact that I think it's more from going downstairs. So when you're going downstairs, you're landing. So then you're going to get lengthening of certain muscles, certain tendons, mm -hmm. which, which requires a certain type of strength. So if you're not used to doing that over and over again, that, that muscle is going to be really worked hard. Now, that jittery feeling, even though as you moved along, even though you were doing higher volumes of stair walking, yeah, you started not getting that movement. It subsided. So mm -hmm. clearly your body was adapting to it and developing a certain tolerance uh, to doing that motion over and over again. So that was, that was perfect because we, we, we gave you the capacity by you doing the action. Yeah. On top of that, we kind of used it as a bit of a, uh, a trial and error regarding strategy, didn't we? Mm. So the idea we wanted your, your heart rate to remain low. I completely forgot about the heart rate stuff. Yeah, so we wanted your heart rate to be in a certain Literally completely like forgot. That's really interesting, man. Like, yeah, take, I mean, we, we spent a lot of time doing this. You're right, go, go through this. But mm. that's the first time since I've climbed where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, we did all that trying to stay, like, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was like, that's no, so no, no, it's all right. Because I remember so much so clearly, like the training climbs. I remember, like, we had a all... Yeah, that was one of the things I wanted you to mark down, wasn't it, on the Excel sheet? Because mm. ideally, I wanted you to find a, uh, a zone of effort where you are able to be consistent and you're able to be consistent each hour. So it's almost like you're, you're going out too slow but it doesn't mm. matter because you're able to maintain that for four to six hours. Yep. So we, from that, we then noted what your heart rate is. So we knew that was the zone we wanted to be. So what, every do time we, do you remember hour, what it was? Do you remember? I think it was between 97. It was about 90. Was about 90. Okay. Yeah. So it varied and it also varied between what, uh, what piece of equipment you measured it with. <laughs> yeah. So, so we versus had, my zone. Yeah. We, we did a exactly. mean, mean heart rate. <laughs> Mode. But we, we, ha we had a zone. <laughs> we had and a zone, the idea, correct, 
the idea behind that is not necessarily like that is the perfect zone. We just knew that was a zone that was good for you that you could maintain for a long period of time. Mm. So one, we know that if your heart rate suddenly shot above that zone, either you're moving too fast, which might be okay, but also might increase the risk for some kind of chronic injury or chronic niggle, shall we say. So we wanted just to remain consistent there. Um, <coughs> And then the second point was actually, okay, if I'm maintaining that heart rate, how many stairs am I clearing in an hour? Mm. And then from that, we then multiplied it to make the, the, the final amount, which is 3,800, wasn't it, roughly? Yeah, yeah, 46, yeah. And then that gave us a rough idea of if you went straight, how quick you could do it in, mm. but also then we then think, okay, if we know we've got that much time, this is the challenge. We could do it in that much time, but we need to add in certain breaks because of, you know, it's, it's such a long period of time and you need the breaks to make sure that you can maintain it. I remember all this. I remember all this. I cannot remember though, if we climbed at 150 an hour, didn't we think we could, like, we got fucking crazy at one point. We were like, we could do this in 30 hours. <laughs> I think no, it was I, I th 36. Yeah, it, it, was, it was much lower than um, 48 hours. Yeah. But that was, like, constant. Yeah, and, and at that pace, and no, no even pause, you know? Mm. Like, we'll, get, we'll get to it in a minute about, like, how, how we broke it down, like, during the climb. But you're right, like, that was critical yeah. to establish some kind of, like, baseline as I call it, you know, I knew that the baseline was doable. And if I slowed down because I went to take a walk around the block and stretch the legs or whatever, or try to get some kind of recovery into my legs, that baseline was attainable regardless of what kind of physical state I was in. If I could push on great, but we wanted to constantly bring it back. I remember that, that was, that was you know, I kind of yeah. skipped over that a bit in my head. You know, I didn't really appreciate that was probably a really smart approach but to begin I this think, whole thing with. I think the good thing about it was it just highlights that we used the stair climbing training, one, to develop physical <coughs> tolerance, to be able to do it, but also to develop a strategy that was best for you to mm. achieve your goal. Mm. So, it, it, you know, it, it had several aims with it. It wasn't just like, oh, we want you to do loads of stairs because you're going to do loads of stairs and you need to be strong, uh, you know, doing technically single leg box steps over and over again. Like, uh, it was much more detailed than that. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess we could go into the, uh, the essence, the other part of the training, which yes, is the yes, do. strength and conditioning side of things. Um, so one of the key things I wanted to highlight is, and it was one of the key things which made you think, yes, you could easily do the stratosphere challenge, was the fact that you suddenly did a double marathon yeah yeah because you, you clearly are in good shape you clearly are strong to be able to just suddenly do a double marathon in your garden so that means you've got a, a good physical base there so when trying to think all the key qualities you need to like perform walking up and down stairs like max strength wasn't really an issue so i, I didn't want what I try to, what we're trying to show here is that I wouldn't think, okay, we need to get you stronger. We need to get yeah, you stronger, no, no. In, you know, in lunges. We need to get you stronger in this, because one strength is very specific, 
and two, if we think of absolute strength, you probably are already strong enough to perform stair walking. So we don't have enough time to really focus on that. We just needed to yeah. focus on specific qualities to develop tolerance so you could, um, so you could perform the climb. Tolerance, so that's the word. We need to get my body used to doing it over and mm. over and over and over and over again, not strengthen yeah. because I was unable to perform that action. It was like, okay. I completely agree. And I, I, I always use, I don't know if it is clinically like the right word, but con the conditioning of the joints, of the tendons, of the muscles. Mm. And as you say, just getting those things more tolerant of the impact and the sort of the yeah. difficulties that they're going to face for two days. No, yeah. that was exactly well, right. Yeah. Technically we are strengthening, but the strengthening was very specific. And when people think of strengthening, they think of like absolute numbers. Okay. Uh, you know, we did, we did split squats with 50 kilos this week. Next week we're going to do it with 55. Like uh, it's not really like that. We, we wanted to develop the specific strength. So for developing the tolerance, so one key area that we did was that eccentric strength, you know, the landing. It's the walking downstairs that made me more worried about this challenge than the walking upstairs. Because I thought, you know, that over and over again might just accumulate a certain amount of stress. And if we didn't have the tolerance to it, that's when those little niggles come about. So we focused a lot on movements which focused on landing, didn't we? So we did some vertical jumps, we did some split jumps, we did jumps that were necessarily going for maximal height, but to get you in the air so you could practice that landing. So as you landed, the body's dealing with trying to absorb gravity, pulling them down towards the ground. And to do that, the body has to act like a spring and buffer that. And so that's where we're developing that eccentric strength, which I thought was necessary. Mm. for um for for the climb and you start i actually got some videos of this phil so when we come to put this up i'll mm. throw in i'll add you know we, we're jumping off two feet landing on one a lot of single leg twisting pushing through that hip like it was great stuff and again i feel almost like embarrassed to say that like you know because i know how detailed you are but i always feel embarrassed to say like sometimes I, i'm like i completely forgot about that as well you know like this is where i'm telling my brain is still not really working i remember how i climbed the stairs and but but the heart rate stuff and all that single leg work the jumping and getting used to that force you know it was so crucial so crucial that it couldn't have been done without it but it's kind of it's just a blur to me and until you kind of bring these up again i'm like oh shit yeah we did a load of that not one we yeah. did like days of this stuff um yeah i think bizarre. you had about we had about five training sessions in that time uh, and the training sessions had like three components to it and developing the eccentric strength was, was one of them. Uh, and as I went through it, I tried to increase the stress, eccentric stress that you were exposed to by either increasing the intensity of it. So like we did jumps and then we did like landing off higher boxes, for example, or they're more rebounding, uh, or I changed the, the, the difficulty of it. So we might have moved to single leg or well, double leg to single leg, stuff like that. So I tried to change one small thing for every session just to try and in increase the intensity just slightly. Um, because that combined with all the stairs, you know, I didn't know how you were going to react. So I had to be quite gradual with my approach to trying to deal with stress. So if, if I could get you just to a point where you've been exposed to different 
uh, intensities of uh, eccentric stre stress, then I'm thinking, okay, he's in a better position uh, to, to do this climb. If I pushed you hard with that, my thinking is you would have been too knackered already before you did the climb. So you're actually at a higher risk of developing a niggle as mm. you go through it. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't making you like super strong. It was making you just tolerant. No. tolerant. So you had the capacity to do that. That is the overwhelming word from all this. People are like, uh, oh, you know, resilient and fucking strong. And, no, it's tolerant. His body mm. became tolerant of two things, going up and down stairs. That's it. Yeah. Didn't need anything else. Didn't need some kind of like artistic twirl at the end or anything. It just doof, 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 stop. Doof, doof, doof. Like it, it sounds very boring. It was, I assure you. But <laughs> these, these things you were giving me, the sole objective was to get me better at being doing those two jobs. That's it. Mm. Tolerant of those two jobs. So that's the tolerance we talked about for eccentric well strength. <laughs> Thank you. Thank no you. It's like it worked, didn't it? You know, whatever, whatever happened. I mean, we can quickly talk about like the game plan and how it actually went down either later or, or another time. But that was really fundamental in getting this done. I do not for one moment think that without your coach, I don't know, how do we describe it? Your, your tra training plan that you put together for me and all the, the strength conditioning deals, I do not think this would have gone down the way it did. So thank you. No, no it worries. Shows, it just it shows how even with a small time frame, with a little bit of, con sort of structure, control, discipline, like a bit of patience, you can actually get quite a lot done. You know, I'm a big believer, oh, it's going to take three months, I'm going to plan it out, I'm going to do two hours a day. No, this is like, it's like, uh, and um, you know what I was thinking, Phil, like, because it's happening very recently. You know, it's all very well winning an MMA fight if you've been in training camp for like 12 weeks. But the respect I have for the guy who is sitting at home, probably in Vegas somewhere, like having a barbecue with Dana White phones, and was like, do you want to fight next weekend? You're going to have to drop 15 most people go, it's impossible, it couldn't be done, I'd need you know, a full 12-week camp. Some people are like, okay, because presumably they've done this type of stuff before. They've got structures in place, people they can call out to go, right, five days, 12 days, we can get there. And I kind of relate in this that, you know, I had in mind a sort of six-week, seven-week plan. And the end result was I was only given two weeks. We discussed the start. This is ending. Uh, people are going to lose interest. Um, and so you kind of proved to me how these fighters, how these trainers can do it. They can kind of take something that seems like it needs a year and go, right, we're just going to have to do double the work with double the precision. And it's going to be better than doing nothing or better than taking a sort of care careless approach and just a sort of free for all. Um, so that was interesting. I started observing other athletes, other sportsmen, things like that, and thinking they must have a someone like you giving them what they can in a short time frame. And, and I actually didn't believe my own sort of work. I thought, this is not really doing anything. This is just for me to think, I'm glad I did it so I can't blame it when I fail. Does that make sense? I, I was doing some of these exercises thinking, is this really going to change whether I can climb up and downstairs? Probably fucking not. But I'm going to do it. 
you know, I was like, I'll do it just because that's who I am. I'll do it. But I wasn't in there going, yeah, every rep, this is getting me one step closer. It was like, I'll do it because I'm watching the Chelsea game and stuff. And now, and on the stairs, and like afterwards, I think, what was I talking about? Those things were vital. Those things were so crucial, you know? And um, mm. that gives me huge kind of like faith in the process. Faith in the process going forward into whatever we or I or you do next, you know? It's, it's cool, man. It's cool to see these things like happen and, you're, and, and me as like a, a piece in this. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I think it's really exciting. I mean, I can imagine like the UFC guys probably have a full team, yeah, of course, uh, each of with course, their own discipline. But uh, you know, but this, the process is still the same. You know, if they've got twelve weeks or two weeks, that's going to change how they make decisions, and whether that fighter's in a in if that fighter's in the same condition after two weeks or twelve weeks, probably not. But trying to fit in twelve weeks into two weeks is going to be a really bad idea. So you try and get them into a certain position where you're, you're happy with the time that you have. And it, it all comes down to decision-making based on everything you know about the athlete, the sport, previous research, um, and your experience of working with their athlete. You know, it's sometimes, you know, the, the research there is, is guidance. It's not uh, a step-by-step guide that you need to follow. It's there to, to guide you. So having all that information um, is necessary for you to then make key decisions uh, and that's what we did and that's what a you know a pro athlete would do so the, the process is still the same well i was lucky because i'm no pro athlete but i'm sure uh, you're giving pro athletes plenty of advice so thank you man I, I i like i haven't said it enough to enough people there was about 10 people that like this just this doesn't go down without them with you being very high up that tree so thank you man and, no, uh, and, and great to and say it was, that it all it worked. It was fun. It was fun. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people think, oh, you must have been in a real fucking mess. No, nah. I like, I was having a good time. Yeah, the body hurt, but like, it was a project, you know? It's nice to, when you finally get there, like, it's like all the hard work, all the training, like, I enjoyed it. And like, you know, we spoke a couple of times and the build up was interesting. You know, I, I like, this has all been a fun part, a fun journey, which doesn't come from a place of darkness, I'm sure people it's weird as it what, if you uh did this again mm-hmm. what would you change hmm. that could be anything about the build-up or anything about performing on the day like everything doesn't go 100 percent. so everyone you're always going to have a reflection on like oh i could have done that better um there are changes that like given exactly the same circumstances equipment things like that that i could have maybe changed I mean, the one thing is like, I had just said, how much is it going to cost me to have a physio sit at the bottom of the stairs? You know, like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but all I wanted was someone to try and help stretch my back, like just someone to like add a bit of resistance on, on some of my stretches. Um, you know, and that's again, going back to the pro. So I would have probably found some way of having someone there, just someone there to grab a Theragun or to just fucking blast me with like, I don't know, like, what what was feeling particularly tight or uncomfortable? Okay, so there was one problem which was just unavoidable, I believe, which was my feet, the soles of my feet. It's funny because they didn't hurt. It was the equivalent of banging your funny bone. It's not funny. It's annoying, right? It's like my feet were like ticklish and like fucking... 
and it's clearly because they just almost like had little carpet burns. So it was kind of like, I felt like it had like stinging nettles. I wouldn't call that pain. That's not the type of pain that, that bothers me. It was uncomfortable. What hurt me, what hurt me though, was my shoulders, mate. From sort of here, all the way around to my back. Like, I don't know. I think if I just turn side and go briefly, I, I think I was so down like this, you know, looking down at my feet, climbing up like this, and then coming back yeah. down the same way. If you think, I'm like, um, who's the villain in Despicable Me? You know, he's like hunched Groo. over. Groo, yeah, I felt like Groo. <laughs> Groo. Coming, or Gollum, like coming down the stairs. And I was desperate almost to be like, like pulled straight. And then you'd go again and you'd be, and eventually I just get to, get to a point with some of these things where you're like, oh, stopping fuck work. Just go, it's gonna hurt, deal with it, you know? And that's how I often deal with a lot of stuff. And perhaps that's something I need to think about going forward because if my plan or is to ever do anything like longer, like a three day, four day, a week, I don't know. Mm. genuinely don't know like these are the kind of things where that aggressive kind of override the pain behavior might cause some difficulties i have to learn to kind of why why is my body feeling like that what can i do on the move to try and figure things out so i got away with it i got away with it i'm not sure i could have done much more man like really not sure the feet shoulders combined i can't even remember what i said in the video still a bit of a blur lower back wasn't great but but as i said like quads glutes calves probably the three big candidates for most abuse taken fine they're fine fine when i mean fine i don't mean like it was like i'd squatted a thousand times but in comparison they were fine they were fine like no dramas I couldn't fucking believe it, Phil. I finished the next day, grabbed the Theragun or grabbed whatever. I was like trying to massage myself. I was like, my quads are actually legit fine. There is not even like the slightest feeling of like dogs. It was things like the bones in my ankle, the sort of tendons yeah. behind my knee. Small you know, I was like, over and over again. Every time I leant back, I could feel my ribs going. You know what I mean? Like, it's so strange. And that's why I said everything I thought that hurt would hurt, didn't. And I thought that wouldn't hurt, did. And um, again, it's just it's how the body works. I don't know, maybe, and this, by the way, I think you know this, but others, you know, I've had three hip surgeries, um, not particularly mobile. In fact, I did a test just before lockdown at like a clinic which they take you through your balance and your gait analysis and your mobility and stuff it's like one of those fancy harley street places and they said that my right hip is only 23 percent on the scale of sort of like 100 being like you're a gymnast and zero being like you're dead like i'm at 23 percent or 24 percent so i'm like less than a quarter functional in that right hip i'm not sure i believe that i don't well, think you what, can do what does it what does it consist of I think it, well, it's a metric they've worked out with like range. So, uh, I mean, I think you've probably seen them. You essentially stand on like a wobble board with like yeah. some sensors on your shoulders, your chest, your head, kind of like you do, you know, Andy Serkis does like King Kong or whatever he does, Godzilla. <laughs> and then the, the board moves and you've got to try and on the screen keep the board. And they were like, Look, gymnast ballerina should be getting 100. Like, 
your grandpa should be getting like 10. I'm at 24. And this is no like, my left side, however, 58. Now my left side's not great either, but the guy was laughing. He's like, you're a PT. So what I'm getting at here is not a soft story. I've totally accepted that I'm maybe blessed in, I've got big lungs or, I don't know, but my hips are my problem area. And so this challenge above all, I was thinking, why this? Like, this is the one thing up and down and up and down where your hip is going to just take such a punishment. And it was fine. I can't believe it. My hips, my quad, like, fine. Like, no pain, Phil. No mm. pain. And well, maybe there's me going, well, fine, but we focus. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, now you say it at the start of all these sort of S and C drills, like, Mm. That probably helped a lot. A lot. Well, just... All we did, well, I called it the hip MOT, wasn't it? Hip MOT. So it, yeah. every, every session just started off with three exercises, and they typically tried to just, they were low intensity, but tried to get your hip through their three ranges. So, you know, flexion, extension, abduction, adduction, and then obviously right. internal, external rotation. So all it was is just to try and get you to not only move through that range, but control yourself through that range. So if you had that range and you certainly were able to use it because you practiced using it. Now, whether you had a lack of range already, um, I don't know, like because of lockdown, we haven't been able to do any like proper assessments or anything like that. Um, so it was kind of like, okay, this is the, the qualities you have. Uh, let's just train what you got. And I, I think it worked out well. It'd be interesting you said about soreness of your lower back um, mm -hmm. because is that, did you just get a bit stressed there because you had a lack of range in your hips or was it the fact it was coming from further up because you were in a sort of kyphotic yeah. flash groove? You know, it could have been, any, the low back's caught in the middle, isn't it? So yeah. anything that changes here could be put in stress there. We don't know. And with, with the, the posture, like I, I think you're probably fine to do it it was probably just a lack of, of awareness as you were going through it for it mm. so then you were just slowly stretching the structures of your upper back so it was putting it at a um, position it didn't really like um, and so that's probably where it got all sore because it just mm. stayed in the position it didn't it didn't yeah, like it I, I've always, yeah I mean my back has never been great my mobility is rubbish like I, I'm just being honest here like I'm not flexible I'm not particularly strong through my hips my back and my shoulders I'm always told I'm slouching and stuff so I know that I was coming into this with a few faults shall we say like I think it's I've always branded myself as like yes I, I'm a personal trainer but like I'm not your personal trainer that's like in men's health I'm doing everything the right way like I've got a very different approach to a lot of things and perhaps people look at me if it said PT in the bottom right of my screen right now, like people would think, well, of course his hips are going to be great. His back's nah. Like I'm, I'm by no, I'm, a lot of clients are better than I am. And so I know that things like back pain and stuff, I was never in a great place to start. Perhaps again on reflection, this now shows me that I have to spend some real care and attention on looking after those things before I even think about challenges like this. Because otherwise, they're just always going to start tripping you up. Um, but yeah, you know, like if, if, for example, like my ankles had been playing up for, and, you know, my ankles started hurting during the challenge, I wouldn't be surprised. But my ankles were fine. I, I feel like my knees are fine. Uh, yeah. So the things that did hurt, actually, I was coming into with a 
guess a couple of sort of nicks and niggles. Uh, it's the truth is, Phil, everything hurt. It's just what, what hurt most, and when I thought it would hurt, and how it hurt. You know, like feet coming down was really bothersome. Feet going up was fine. Twisting at the bottom of the stairs wasn't a problem. Twisting at the top of the stairs was. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I was falling down. There was some element of twist and dip. So I was putting like more strain down. And at the bottom, I was kind of both feet flat surface, twisted. Perhaps I had some objective to do like click the button or grab my drink. And so I wasn't thinking about it as much. All these things, um, I'll never know. Um, but but it would be good to re refer back to your video. Then you might see just yeah. how you're moving. Uh, and what you described might be the reason. Um, I wouldn't worry to the point where you said, oh, I'm, I'm, not a, a, you know, I'm not a perfect PT. Like uh, you're saying, I don't do things the right way because I don't think there is a way. I do some right things way. the right way. Yeah, yeah. I, th yeah. I think the right you know way what I'm is getting at, everyone. I'm not your cookie yeah. cutter PT who's got like the perfect technique and like spends 20 minutes a day on mobility and like, no. I'll either spend five hours on mobility or fucking nothing. Like that's just who I am. I'm not this kind of client in class or this trainer in class or in a park or with a, you know, it's like, you know, it's chipping away. It's like, no, it's like, I do big things and I take time off. I'm just a normal guy. I just happen to do this for a living. So I, I always feel like there's someone going, yeah, but PT should be able to climb stairs in two days. Yeah, but PT's back is, you know, perfectly mobile and everyone can sit my sit squat is so appalling it's like i just want like i'm not trying to say this to to be like what i did was even more difficult than what i'm saying is like i just want people to understand that like both of us like we're curious athletes we may not get it right but we'll try multiple different disciplines and skills i'm a terrible swimmer i'm gonna try it do not think we're coming into this like those kind of clean cut boys on instagram with like you know, I've got this accreditation and this, and I've done 16, like, I, it's just not, well, I, I think that, well, we that, figure it out on the go. Like, that, that what's, that's what makes this project really interesting. Like you talked, you said you've had three hip surgeries. I've had four knee surgeries. So go, we're coming from, well, what I'd okay. like to think that, you know, with the appropriate approach to training, you can potentially achieve, achieve anything. Mm. Like if we if we set a load of challenges, each challenge should be possible because we just change our approach to try and make it suitable to achieve the challenge. Yeah, and it isn't like oh yeah. you you know you're coming back from all those surgeries you'll never be able to do it. No, no, no. we 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 know enough about the human body to actually train it to be good enough to take on those challenges. Absolutely, it, it's it, you know the mindset of how things were 20 years ago where it's like oh you had that injury and that's the end of your career. Like, it's not like that anymore. Like, yeah. people are, if they do things properly, people get back to where they were beforehand. Like, okay, let's take ACL injuries, for example. They're the typical one that happens to, say, a footballer, uh, and, you know, it might be the end of their career. But nowadays, I just watched a, a presentation on ACL injury recoveries in uh, Bournemouth Football Club, and they're getting their athletes who've had ACL injuries 97% chance that they're going to get to their pre-injury levels. Not 97. 97% of their athletes, if they've had a ACL not injury... A bad, not a bad kind of number. Well, it you used to operate, like if, but, yeah, but it's it 97. You'll be like, I'm doing it. 
But if you took that same injury and got it out of a uh, NHS population who don't have uh, physios working with them, it's it's like fifty percent. So no, clearly, really? yeah, clearly you can get back to pre-fitness levels even after quite a severe injury and quite severe surgery. It's all about the approach. Footballers have the resources to have that approach, so they get back to that level. If you don't, you re- reduce the risk of, or you increase the risk of not making it. It's not that it's not possible. Are, is that, do you think, specific to that type of injury, or is the research not yet shown, for example, could a hip get 97 as well, or with the same kind of love and attention and care post-surgery, or is it that that injury for the knee in particular seems to have a really great sort of bounce back ability in the words of Alan Partridge? Um, I don't know. It's always going to vary. Uh, it's always going to vary for each injury and it's always going to vary for each surgery. So uh, I don't have statistics for it and I, I wouldn't be able to give a firm answer. However, I would have, I'd have thought those statistics are climbing because mm. surgeries are getting better. They're becoming more, they're becoming less invasive. So like a, an ACL surgery used to, you know, almost like cut up the front of the knee just to get in there. Now it's keyhole. Like it's, uh, you know, your chance of getting back to that is getting back to pre-sport levels is much improved. Um, it will depend on the joint. So the knee is technically quite a weak joint in comparison to the, the hip and the ankle, who are much stronger joints. Like if you think of um, uh, hip replacements, because it's such a strong joint, the chances of uh, recovery from that surgery is really quite high. So, Talking of which, you know, everyone's been saying, my husband's had a hip surgery and he's skiing, he's playing golf. And I am aware that like, I mean, Andy Murray actually has the same injury that I have, which is femur acetabular impingement. So there's an impingement with the socket. I mean, he's gone and had a hip surgery. I was lucky enough to watch him at Wimbledon last year. Listen, if you get me anywhere close to that level of athleticism after a hip replacement, I'm in. And I know I will have one at some point. But as you said, I think 10 years ago, the surgery was an entirely different thing. Like different materials, different, as you say, entry into the, into the body. Like, you know, you saw these huge scars from knee to hip. I just think like, I'm, I'm almost excited. I know this sounds ridiculous, but I know that I've got a weak hip and I feel it every day. And I have to sort of do various different things to get through it, as I'm sure you do with your knee. I'm kind of excited for the fact that there's going to be a time where I can be like, I'm going to take six months out, go and give me like a new hip. And these guys, you know, playing at Wimbledon and doing ultra marathons and stuff. So the technology is just so good. But, I, but 97 is high. 97 yeah. is like, just give us three months, we'll get it back to square one. That's it's an amazing comfort, you know, as an athlete. Wow. Can you imagine being told that? Whatever's yeah. going on now, we'll get it back to square one. It probably was just one, one athlete was just unlucky. Something happened. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it wasn't 100%. But We didn't you know, put in the time or the effort. That is, that is amazing. And, and, that's, and that shows, well, that the physios at Bournemouth Football Club clearly know what they're doing. They've got a good strategy in place. Good work, really Bournemouth. That's a good, that's a good statistic. Right. So nice. what I think is really exciting about, you know, this project and any other projects we've got coming up, the challenges, like we are different athletes because uh, we've different genetic makeup. We've got come from different injuries. We've, we've had different sporting backgrounds, but the approach is still the same. 
it's all about how we try and make decisions based on the information that we have. Uh, so I think I think these project uh, podcasts are going to be really quite exciting. Yeah. So because each one so is going to tell be them about so the different. plan. Yeah. T- t- tell the the world what we intend to do with this. Like this is obviously come out of the stairs, but really our our long term thought is: is there a way we could kind of take ourselves and therefore you guys through a particular challenge i mean t- take it from here man like where it came from didn't it that phone call when you gave me a shout regarding uh, the stratosphere is it possible and we chatted and we talked about all the things necessary that we needed for the event and we were like that was really good fun we should turn that into a podcast mm. and we're like why should we stop there so the idea behind uh, our future project is that we're going to pick a particular challenge. We're going to document all the, the training, the planning that goes towards it. And we're going to document it in uh, YouTube videos and podcasts, aren't we? Yeah. And I mean, we're just figuring this out on the fly, but yeah. this, is, this is the bed. This is what we're, this is the intention. Mm. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like, we, say we've got eight weeks to perform till the challenge. So we'd have a certain amount of podcasts and each podcast will focus on a certain aspect of the, of the, of the training program. Mm. So it's going into a bit more depth around the, the science behind it, around how we made decisions and how training's going, the reflections leading up to that particular event. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So we're actually going to do it. So whatever that challenge is, you know, we'll probably fills in this, you know, this is, where we're going to bring our specific skill sets, I guess, to, to the table, but, you know, have a training plan, a strategy, how we can fit that in amongst our regular lives. You know, Phil's obviously incredibly busy right now. I'm a little quiet and usual, but I will be very busy. Um, mm. And how we can, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Phil, but what I'm having to do is again, I, you can probably tell I'm, I'm a bit, I feel people look at me like, well, he can do these things and he can just, he's just good at that stuff. You know, like when you're a kid at school, there were kids that could just hit the ball a long way and you thought, do skill involved? There's no like, they're just bigger than me or they're just good, better than me. And I think it's really important for me as a trainer, especially with the number of clients I have to try and explain like it's hard work. It's, I'm like you, I'm just like you. I just choose to divert my energy and resources in, mm. in a certain direction. And, you know, let's take, um, you know, run, lots of people have been running during this this time period. It's like a lot of people are like, I'll never be able to run a sub fight, uh, sub tw- 20 minute 5K. And I think, of course you fucking could. You just got to stop eating pizza and you got to start coming up with a plan. Like it, it's very simple. Now, whether we make it after all that remains to be seen. But what I'm kind of hoping is we can take people on the journey with us. You know, a lot of people write to me, how can I'm looking to do this? I really, by the time I'm 30, I want to run a sub. I want to. I want to lift this. I want to do that. I'm hoping to PB my dead. All of these things are very valiant, like causes. I'm all for it, but you have to have some planning and you have to have some discipline. And if we can kind of show you how we come to approach challenges and objectives and bring you along for it, maybe there's things you pick up along the way, maybe even do them with us. You know, I, I, I see a scenario in which case, you know, this is what we're doing over eight weeks. If you're interested in getting involved, come with us. We'll put our plan up online. I'll put my diet up online. I'll put the times I've trained, how I trained, how I felt up online. Uh, you, of course, as well. You know, this is very much something that we want to try and 
both of us do it with our own kind of skills and backgrounds and hopefully end up with a similar result and and sort of really take people through the journey so it's not such a mystery i feel like a lot of it is mystery um you know what goes on behind closed let's try and open the doors a little bit to like how we do it, it may not always be glamorous it may not always go to plan you know um but we're going to be and on top of that if like we'd love to take people along the journey with us uh, and the more we talk about how we've made decisions based on all the planning that would hopefully give everyone a good base level of knowledge so that when they move on to their next challenge and like, Oh, okay. These guys did this, they did this, they did that. Well, I have now have the ability to make the training plan myself. Mm. So hopefully everyone will get something really informative out of it and a skill set where they can use, which they can use themselves. Absolutely. And I think the first one we're planning to do, well, we haven't quite, formalized everything yet but it'll be you do something that's accessible like we're not going to ask you to suddenly like start swimming because i know that like a pool or a lake or an ocean is mm. difficult to get hold of having said that phil's back garden is the sea so Les there will be there will be some aquatic based challenges one day but let's say we went with something very accessible i'm hoping that people can go well the barrier to entry is low here it's just going to take this time. it's just going to take you know a bit of grit and a bit of commitment and that then might give you what I felt two weeks ago, which is, fuck, I never thought that would happen. It's happened now. Actually, what's the next one? What's the next step? Maybe I do invest in that membership at the swimming pool because I don't really know how to swim, but neither does Freddie. Phil, you're probably better than me, but you know what I mean? It's just, uh, I, feel I want, I want people to be encouraged and infused and feel some sense of what, you felt in your life and I felt in my life, which is just a massive sense of accomplishment and pride, you know, in what you've done because you decided to do difficult things to get there. I personally wouldn't have felt any better. Like if I just shown up, climbed the stairs, got it done, I'm hollow. I, I, I like the fact that I knew it was going to be hard and I had to put myself through it. When you train Phil for your events, you know, just showing up hungover and doing it. Fuck that. Like the joy comes in the journey, in the process. So come on the fucking journey with us. Do you know what I mean? We'll help you through the process. And hopefully you can all just do cool shit, you know? Like, let's just get people moving, That's get people healthy. Just have fun. I mean, like, mm. I'm not going into any of these things with like some commercial like plan, you know, like if I can do this and get that many followers, fuck my followers. When was the last time you saw me post before this? You know, we don't do that stuff, but I want to have fun. If you're interested, sign up. <laughs> That's how all this came about, wasn't it? Yeah. It's because yeah. we had a phone conversation and we enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. we, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. And so, you know what? Just the final thing for with that mind is like, I don't know how to do a podcast, neither do you. We're doing this on Zoom. We'd like to be next to each other, hopefully the next time we are. But we're learning all this on the fly. We don't even have a name yet, but we'll come up with one. It'll be a cool name. Don't worry. But you know, we, we've got to try and do this like as we go. And so come on that journey as much as the physical journey, come on the like, we don't really know what we're doing, but we're going to try and build something here as opposed mm. to like, look how polished and beautiful and like, just, it's a work in progress. And um, that's how it should be. You know, it's always a work in progress. Absolutely. Sums us up. <laughs> yes, so certainly sums me up. It sums us up. Sums us up. Um, is there anything else um, that we should uh, we should mention? I mean, um, just keep looking out, right? I mean, 
we'll have an Instagram page, I guess, definitely a YouTube page. And then I'm this is on Zoom and we've recorded this so people can come back and watch. Um, and eventually, I think, Phil, you've got some plans, you know, maybe some slides, you've got whiteboards. We can actually get a little bit more interactive. With yeah. Just well, I'm hoping once we get uh, together to actually film these podcasts uh, in the same room, we'll probably have a few things like whiteboards, lecture slides, where if I needed something to help with any description that I'm giving, uh, I'll be able to use them. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes just talking about something, especially if we decide to go in more depth into some kind of scientific principle you know sometimes someone just talking to you is like oh that's going in one ear out the other if you had some mm. kind of visual thing alongside it to help with the description then that's that's going to help yeah. um and we also talked about creating some infographics didn't we it's like okay yeah. not necessarily uh, this is the exact training program we used because we'll put bits of that out there anyway because mm -hmm. we, we would like to think that with the skills people learn about following us on this journey is that they know that everyone is individual and just copying the same program might not have the same benefits. So if we have some kind of infographic where we talk about, okay, these are the decisions we made that might get people thinking of the decisions that decisions that they need to make. And then they create their own program, which is ultimately mm -hmm. what creating people, people to create programs for their own challenges, which is ultimately what we want to do achieve yeah if one day you stop doing challenges with us because you're off to do your own thing your own program that's our that's our job done by no means do we need you around like like that'd be so cool man that'd be so cool for someone to be like I, I followed you along for a couple of challenges i kind of got the picture i understood how you were making these decisions i actually proved to myself i could do things i never thought i was capable of and then my friend asked me if i wanted to do this and i kind of went off script i was like right i'm gonna tune out i'm gonna do my own and I did it as well. I'd be like, no, because that's the fun. That's the fun. Is it? It's like uh, having an idea in your mind and it actually coming to fruition. And that's all this was when I called you. An idea in my mind. What and you would had to be good? Become a reality. Yeah. What would be good is if someone learned so much from the the journey and the podcast and the videos that they ultimately became a better athlete than we are. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. That would be like, right, let's fucking go. Let's make this even better. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, I'd love that. Well, at, at the university, my aim is as soon as they're in first year, I want them by the time that they leave to almost have as much knowledge as I do and have the skill set to go even further. Yeah. If, I, if they don't have that, I feel like I've, I've failed a little bit. I want to make sure that they are in the right stage to actually progress even further. If I haven't given them everything I've got, then it's like, oh, why haven't I not done that? So... Love that. Yeah, the idea is I'm making them better than me. That's why I feel like we get on and you're my mate. It's like I live in a world where there are too many people trying to be the best. Too many people trying to be the best. I'm not trying to be the best at anything. I'm not trying to get my clients as fit as me either. I'm trying to give them the tools so that they can go out and make themselves as fit as possible. You know, and if you want to do that next to me, cool. But I'm trying to teach you the things where when we are in a period of lockdown and I'm not over your shoulder going, give me 20 fucking press-ups. <laughs> you know, they're able to think of all the things we've taught them. And it's the same for you, Phil, it seems with your thing. It's not like a competition where you, you, I'm here and you're here. Right? It's like, I want to give you everything I know so that once we leave each other's kind of the comfort of a lecture theater or a university course or whatever, it's like we can apply these things in other ways. And I just, I want us all to win. I like that saying, I really want us all to win. I've got no desire to have it all and, and 
be doing cool shit if everyone else is looking up going like no i want to my dream is i want to do challenges involving like huge amounts of people that's like the real thing i want to do i've got no Mm. intention of doing this as a solo act so i think those two things mean that like i'm hoping you guys are going to pick up a lot from this um and maybe you're just curious maybe you're already like a badass maybe you're already a pro athlete i know a few of them that might listen to this so uh it's one of those things it's like whatever level whatever skill set you've got injuries we'll figure things out and um you know it may not be directly related to to you but but i think you and i between us cover a lot of ground a lot of injuries a lot of different approaches times jobs everything where i hope people can latch on to a few of those kind of nuggets and actually do something fucking awesome yeah keep a lookout keep should a we lookout. say uh should we, should we say shall we say our socials just in case we start yeah. leaking a few things before uh before the release Go ahead, but i'm i'm at the pricep all one word so my surname it actually came from um my old email address it was your surname and then the first letter of your first name after it so it's like pricep <laughs> I, I've just kept it from there. So it's, yeah, the Pricep. Uh, that's the same for Instagram and Twitter. I don't really use it, uh, Facebook, but uh, those um, are the two I mainly use. My, everything's my name. Freddie with an IE. And then Reedhead, like R-E-A-D-H-E-A-D. So like reading book. Um, and I'm on all of them. I don't really use any of them anymore except Instagram. Uh, so if you're looking to get hold of or, or my email freddyreadhead.com that's another one just go with whatever freddyreadhead and add the app whichever's relevant <laughs> um, but yeah what we will do probably is, is create a YouTube page for this for this certainly phase one for this um, and then try and get things going through that and then as Phil said, we'll put things up on various different things if and when. Um, we won't bombard you too much. We're just looking for this thing to like to grow organically and with you know passion at the heart of it, rather than commercial success as the the driving force. So, with that in mind, I think um, yeah, just just we'll keep having fun, and if people are interested, join us. Exactly, we'll keep you posted. Keep it posted, literally. Look out for this one uh, on, I think it's Anchor, put it up on Spotify. So if you're just going to listen, I can get this one on Spotify. If you're watching, don't. Click like, all the five stars, share it with your mates. Send it to your grandma. Like, share and subscribe. Yeah, there's no, I, this is where I'd love to say, I'll throw it in the show notes. You know, <laughs> just click, but do click subscribe and stuff and then hopefully I'll let you know when number two's out. All good? All good. Not long now. Number one in the bank? Yeah, mate. Yes, brother. All right, Phil. I'll speak to you in a bit, man. Hope you've enjoyed it, guys. Stay tuned. See you later this time. Fucking roll.